welcome to the Serviced Accommodation Property Podcast. This podcast by Kevin Paneskis, also known as the Property Soldier, covers all aspects of serviced accommodation and how to make it a profitable and sustainable business. Kevin started investing in property in 1991 whilst serving in the British Army and now owns a multi-million pound property portfolio and serviced accommodation business and is a best-selling author. And now your host, Kevin Paneskis. Hey, Kevin, Property Soldier here. So many of you will know that my book, Service Accommodation Success, um, got delayed because of the uh, lockdown and it's uh, for a number of reasons. But ultimately, as soon as the lockdown is over, then the uh, book launch will go ahead. So what I thought I'd do is read a little part of the book and this bit of the book that I'm about to read out to give you a little flavor of what is to come is about uh, tax because an awful lot of people get confused with the tax implications or the tax scenarios and serviced accommodation. There's an awful lot of um, misinformation out there. So hopefully you'll find this bit useful. So here we go. So tax then. I do not intend to go into too much detail in this section because tax is a forever changing and there's never a definitive course of action to take because individual circumstances only need to differ slightly for there to be a different tax strategy. My advice is to seek guidance from an experienced SA accountant as well as refer to HMRC for more information. So serviced accommodation, SA versus furnished holiday let, FHL. As far as HMRC and the planning department are concerned, SA is more like a hotel, guest house or B&B. Where there are certain services available to guests such as 24-hour concierge, on-site bar, restaurant, room service and laundry service and most accommodation like this is C1 use class. FHL is similar in that it provides furnished short stay accommodation with all of the utilities provided in the cost of the booking. Services are provided such as pre and post stay clean and fresh bedding and towels but FHL would usually be fully self-catering and there would be no on-site staff. Most properties operated as furnished holiday let are C3 in brackets residential use class. An often raised question that I would like to clear up here is that FHL does not have to be situated in a recognized holiday location. It just has to meet certain qualifying criteria as dictated by HMRC and central forward slash local government. As I said at the beginning of this book, some confusion arises because many people use the term serviced accommodation when referring to both furnished holiday let and serviced accommodation. When people look for books, podcasts and training courses to learn how to invest in furnished holiday let and SA, they will predominantly use the term service accommodation as their search words. For that reason, I've called this book Service Accommodation Success. My podcast is called the Service Accommodation Property Podcast 
and my training courses are also referred to as serviced accommodation training. The Furnished Holiday Let FHL qualifying criteria. Many people in the UK doing what is known colloquially as service accommodation are actually doing Furnished Holiday Let as far as HMRC is concerned. To qualify as FHL, a property should be available commercially for short-term lettings for 210 days in a year and let for a minimum of 105 days, but stays of longer than 31 days cannot form part of the 105. The 105 days of short lets must consist of bookings of 31 days or less. And stays of 31 or more days must not exceed 155 days in a year. If you have more than one SA and one of them falls short of the 105 days of bookings in a year, you can opt for an averaging election in order to get all the SAs to qualify. The way this works is if you add up the total number of days booked across all SAs in the business, then divide the total bookings by the number of SAs in the business. If the result is 105 days or more, then the property that fell below the threshold will now qualify. The qualification year for new SAs starts from when it becomes operational and for a continuing unit, it will default to the tax year. That is from the 6th of April one year to the 5th of April in the next. When FHL activity stops, apply the test to the 12 months up to when the bookings finish. VAT, value added tax. Income from SA is subject to VAT, whereas income from buy to let and HMO is not. When the owning entity reaches the current VAT threshold, then VAT is chargeable to customers and therefore payable to HMRC on the total turnover received. A standard VAT bill is calculated as VAT charge minus VAT paid on bills to run the business known as input VAT. Please refer to the HMRC website for the current VAT threshold and charges. This is particularly important for SA operators as the market dictates the maximum night rate they can charge. So when they need to charge VAT to a customer, they can't simply add VAT to the price. Otherwise, the customer will book elsewhere. A proportion of the income becomes payable to HMRC, reducing the overall profit. As previously stated, for asset protection reasons, most people operate using a limited company which owns no assets. And this company will have its own VAT threshold. If this company charges management fees to you or your clients, it will have to start charging VAT when its revenue reaches the threshold. In addition, each different owning entity legitimately has its own VAT threshold, subject to the criteria mentioned below in the artificial separation section. If you buy your own property in your own name and use it as SA, then you have your own VAT threshold. If you buy your own property in an LLP or limited company and use it as SA, then that entity has its own VAT threshold. So artificial separation. In terms of tax planning, it's essential that you understand what constitutes a legitimate separation of VAT eligible entities. 
Sometimes the people I train ask if they can simply split their business into smaller chunks, i.e. have a separate entity for each property. This is not advisable as business owners who separate their business into separate parts in order to stay under the VAT threshold and avoid tax registration can be subject to HMRC fines or prosecution. And this is seen as a form of tax evasion. There are specific rules set out by HMRC, which means you must prove there is no financial, economic or organisational link between your businesses to avoid what is known as artificial separation. HMRC are very strict on artificial separation and you should seek advice from your accountant to ensure that you don't fall foul of this. There are a lot of guidance around this in the government's website. And at the time of writing, search VAT, single entity and uh, this aggregation for the latest information and checklists. VAT schemes. There are different VAT schemes applicable to different business models and your accountant will need to advise you on which one is right for you and your business. Tour Operators Margin Scheme, TOMS. This system is designed for businesses where services are put together as a package for customers and under certain circumstances, this applies to rent to SA. The operator must lease the accommodation and they must contract directly with the guest, i.e. not as a managing agent. The TOM scheme allows the operator to only pay VAT on the margin between their revenue and the costs of running the business, including the lease costs for the property. The TOM scheme therefore allows the rent being paid to the owner to be deducted as an allowable cost. This will significantly reduce the VAT payable. The flat rate scheme. Before hitting the VAT threshold, if your SA business qualifies, get advice from your accountant, you can opt to go on to the flat rate scheme. You can do this via the HMRC website or your accountant will do it for you. At the time of writing, the flat rate scheme for SA is 9.5% for the first year of operation and 10.5% thereafter. You will then be paying 9.5 or 10.5% VAT on your turnover and you will not be able to claim back any input tax, uh, which is the VAT that you have paid out to run your business, such as your cleaning and laundry services. The main benefit on being on the scheme is there will be less administration and accounting required because there will be no need to calculate the difference between VAT charged to customers and VAT paid to suppliers. The one proviso here is that your business could be classed as a limited cost business. If you your relevant costs are too low compared to your turnover, less than 2% of 1,000, you will then need to pay a higher rate of VAT, i.e. 15%. 0.5% for the first year, followed by 16.5%. Once registered, you can claim VAT on goods up to three years prior to the registration and services up to six months. Standard rate. Once your projected turnover reaches the upper limit of the flat rate scheme, which is currently 230,000, uh, including VAT in 2019, you will need to move to the standard rate. 
On this scheme, you calculate the VAT payable to HMRC as the difference between VAT charged and VAT paid. As with the flat rate, once registered, you can claim VAT on goods up to three years prior to registration and services up to six months. The reduced value rule. The full amount of VAT only needs to be paid on the first 28 days of a booking and from day 29 onwards, you uh, do not have to pay VAT on the accommodation portion of the booking, only the services part. Unfortunately, the reduced value rule is not allowed if you have a corporate client making a block booking, i.e. over 29 days, even though each person they send to you stays for less than 29 days. Section 24. The Section 24 legislation that was introduced in the UK 2015 budget dictated that buy-to-let and HMO landlords would no longer be able to offset their mortgage interest against rental income and tax would be limited to 20% where previously there was no cap. The net result of this is to make it appear that a landlord is generating more income from the property, in brackets, the amount of the mortgage interest, and their tax will be calculated on that artificially inflated income. As a result of this inflated income, it's predicted that hundreds of thousands of UK landlords will become higher rate taxpayers because of Section 24 and many of them will actually start making a loss from their investment properties where previously they were making a profit. As a result, many property investors now choose to buy properties in a limited company because as such, mortgage forward slash loan interest can still be offset against income before tax is calculated. The main drawback of limited company setup is extra admin and accountancy costs and in order to take money out of the limited company bank account dividend tax has to be paid which at the time of writing can be as high as 38.1 percent having already paid corporation tax currently 19 percent on the profits one of the main reasons that sa is such a great strategy is that mortgage interest can still be offset against SA income subject to meeting the FHL or service accommodation criteria. Therefore, there is no need to buy SA property or property destined for SA use via a limited company in order to avoid Section 24 tax. Capital allowances. Capital allowances are amount of money HMRC allows you to earn without paying tax, provided that the CAs haven't been claimed by the previous owner. They are reliefs that can be set against taxable profits, reducing the amount of tax you pay. If a property has never been used as SA before, i.e. it has always been a residential property, then a claim would not have been made as the property would not have been eligible to claim ESC. CAs. CAs are not available on property when used as buy-to-let or HMO or a private residence, i.e. your home where there is no SA activity. Most people and their accountants do not know much about claiming CAs on SA, which is why most eligible SA properties have not had a claim because it is underestimated how much a potential capital allowance claim can be. In terms of a definitive description of CAs, the obvious place is the legislation 
Capital Allowance Act 2001, which can be viewed on the government's website, but it is heavy going. You should be aware that CAs cover a number of different tax reliefs. The most common one is plant and machinery allowance. Plant and machinery covers such things as SA, uh, in SA, such as lighting, heating, power supplies, sanitary wear, kitchen installations, swimming pools and air conditioning units. There is some extra compliance work for the capital allowance surveyor to do, but the basic process is identify any of the prior owners, identify if any of the prior owners have claimed any capital allowances, check the tax history of the property, review sale purchase contracts, undertake a site survey to identify the value of plant and machinery. Commercial property and SA can claim significant capital allowances. If a developer does a commercial conversion such as turning offices into flats or new build into houses or apartments and sell the units on, CAs cannot be claimed because they have disposed of the asset. Similarly, if they hold the property and use it as buy to let or HMO, they will not be able to claim capital allowances, apart from a relatively small claim in the communal areas of an apartment block. If, however, the developer builds or converts into residential property and it is subsequently used as SA, then they will be able to submit a substantial capital allowance claim on the whole development. The claim is based loosely on a percentage of the purchase price of a property and the percentage of the cost of refurbishment work that has taken place on the property which will form the total expenditure. Claims will clearly vary property to property, but a good capital allowance surveyor tells me that there are they are typically able to create a claim which represents 30 to 35% of the total expenditure. So with a house being used as service accommodation with a total expenditure of 200,000, let's say the claim is 65,000. This means that the SA operator will be able to earn 65,000 from their SA business tax-free. Any CA, um, any capital allowance that has not been claimed can roll over into the next tax year until used up. Once the CA is used, there is no clawback from HMRC if activity stops or if the property is sold. Once the CAs are used up, tax is paid on profit at the appropriate rate of the individual or company. A point to note is that own, it is the owning entity of a property that owns the capital allowance. This means that if the property is owned by a limited company, it would be that owning entity that qualifies for the capital allowance and limited company will save on the corporation tax. If a person owns a property in their own name or with other people in an LLP, that person or those partners will qualify for the capital allowance and will therefore save income tax. Once a property has been available for FHL for at least 210 days and has 105 days worth of bookings, it's possible to, to submit a capital allowance claim. SA and hotel guesthouse type property can claim on day one of activity. You should be aware that any CAs claimed identified for FHL can only be used against your FHL business. If you own commercial property such as a hotel 
or a hotel whose rooms are offered as studio flats. HMR de deem, HMRC deem this to be SA and those CAs can be used against any other taxable income under the sideways loss relief rules. Check your availability with a knowledgeable accountant. But FHL allowances are ring-fenced since 2012 to the FHL business. Either scenario will significantly reduce the amount of tax you pay. Business rates versus council tax. Different councils seem to apply different rules on the issue, but overall FHL and SA should be on business rates. Many local councils, however, do not actually want furnished holiday let, in brackets, whole house or apartment SA, going over to business rates because they will lose the council tax revenue. Small business rates relief, which at the time of writing gives full relief up to £12,000 per annum on business rates, means that most furnished holiday let operators would not need to pay council tax or business rates on at least one property within the SA business. The person in your local council who would actually work out for HMRC as part of the Valuation Office Agency or VOA is the person who will assess the tax for your business. Business rates are calculated on the rateable value per unit multiplied by the single bed spaces then multiplied um, uh, times the multiplier or uniform business rate, uh, which is the UBR, which differs per area. A double, base, a double bed would count as two times single bed spaces. The business rates qualifying criteria states that the property should be available as FHL for 140 days. In Wales, the property should be available for 140 days and actually occupied for 70 days. I do sometimes hear that VOA, the VOA has overestimated the business rates payable on an FH, uh, FHL. You can challenge this via the HMRC website, although it would be worth consulting with your VOA first to try and resolve it. If you still don't get this resolved, you can appoint an independent rating surveyor who will use his or her expert knowledge to work out on your behalf um, in order to lower your business rates to the correct level. A rating surveyor I spoke to recently told me that in his opinion, currently 80% of FHLs would pay, pay either the same or less than council tax if they had the correct business rates valuation. You will be able to claim small business rates relief on at least one FHL, but if you have more than one FHL, it would be wise to claim it on the FHL with the most bed spaces because that will generate the biggest tax saving. Therefore, you could end up paying no council tax or business rates on your most expensive property. If you're in the 20% where you are paying more in business rates than council tax, then the small business rate saving will either cover the extra expenditure or significantly offset it depending on the size of your FHL portfolio and where it is. In any case, the extra income generated from a well-run furnished holiday let portfolio should make it worthwhile. The person responsible for paying the business rates is the person who should apply for it along with the small business rates relief. 
So in a rent to SA situation, the SA operator applies for and pays the business rates, whereas in a management situation, the owner applies for and pays business rates. Rent a room allowance. At the time of writing, the current allowance is seven and a half thousand. This allowance allows you to use part of your own home as SA. It means that uh, you can earn whatever the allowance is per annum tax-free. Remember that you can only claim this on your own home and not a standalone service accommodation. However, you are not allowed to offset expenditure, which means that if you spend, say, a £1,000 on a bed and some furniture and a TV for your SA room in your house, you wouldn't be able to claim the cost of that back as well as having the tax-free allowance. This allowance is great because you can get bookings, communicate with guests and receive payment using all of your existing systems and many SA operators start their SA business by renting out a room in their own home first. It's worth pointing out that many people can create a private annex in their home um, with its own entrance that provides security and privacy for the owner and guests alike and this allowance can still be claimed. So hope you found that useful, everybody. It's just give you a little taster of what is to come in my book, Service Accommodation Success. Hopefully the lockdown will be over soon and we can go back to normality. And as soon as we know when that's going to happen, then we will announce when the, the book launch is going to be. So I just, I might do another little uh, read of my book in... Um, for a uh, future video or episode so stay tuned for that so hopefully you found that useful and here's to your success in service accommodation and remember your future needs you take care thanks for listening to the service accommodation property podcast why not also check out my website www.propertysoldier.co.uk where you can learn more about property and service accommodation 